Welcome to the Meet Me podcast, a podcast all about our multifaceted human nature and constant journey through self-discovery with personal stories and insights around trauma, motherhood, relationships, spirituality, and individuality. I'm your host, Michelle Malik. Thanks for listening. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Meet Me podcast. Thanks so much for listening. You know, I felt like it was fitting to follow the last episode about my mom with one surrounding my relationship with my dad. But, you know, outside of just sharing certain aspects of our relationship while I was growing up, I felt like it was important to highlight how that actually affected some of my initial maneuvering through romantic relationships, even some of my triggers that still appear today. As I've mentioned before, you know, healing our traumas requires constant effort and awareness. So even though I've come to accept certain things that my dad has done and have really come to peace with sort of the minimal relationship that we have today, and that did take a few years, um, I do still have moments where my body is kind of instantly taken back to a time of needing to prove myself or just putting my armor fully on. And I'm speaking on all of this now that I've been with my husband for a total of nine years, but I think that regardless of my age and some of these previous relationships, there are still valuable lessons to be found in some of the mistakes or misinterpretations of love that I held throughout that time. And I often reference these in conversations if I have friends asking for advice or even in some of my healing sessions if it's surrounding sort of these topics of love or um, self-worth those things do come up a lot but I figured why not just put it out there hoping that maybe it'll reach someone who could use just that extra awareness to be able to recognize some of these behaviors in themselves and start taking the steps to actively work through those as they appear and know that they can kind of overcome some of these triggers by starting with a place of awareness. And again, I am no expert and I myself have gone through pretty extensive therapy and received healing work in relation to these issues. So I always encourage if you're having a hard time managing through some feelings or trauma, definitely reach out for help. There are so many resources out there available. But you know, as a little girl, when I was growing up, my dad and I actually had a pretty close relationship. I remember we even had a notebook that we shared and would take turns writing to each other in. He was always taking us on trips or playing with us. He was, you know, pretty lively and fun. And he would always get us involved in like his different hobbies. He always was doing unique things like building and flying model helicopters or building out computer hard drives, doing magic tricks, playing golf. And this is something that has continued even through to this day. I think his latest now that he's retired are archery and hunting. But as my brother and I got a bit older, it felt like his frustrations with life just sort of became more apparent. Some backstory on my dad, he was in the Navy for 21 years before retiring and then went to work at the post office, which he also stayed at until retiring. So he's only had two jobs his entire life. He was always a man of punctuality and responsibility. He would often like wake us up early on weekends and take us to the driving range or just kind of make us come with him to entertain all of these different hobbies that I had mentioned. And 
And I realized that that was his way of trying to form a bond with us by including us on things that he was interested in. But his demeanor increasingly became more angry and cold as days went on. And there would be many days where he would come home from a full day of work and just find the very first thing to yell at us for. Things would often get thrown or broken over something as small as putting the sodas in the fridge incorrectly. He was also a stickler for school performance, so doing homework with him would typically end in tears if I couldn't get to the answer on my own quickly enough. And because I never knew what would set him off, I'd often pace around nervously outside of his room, trying to get myself to find the confidence to ask him either for a favor or to go meet my friend somewhere. And I previously mentioned that abuse was ever-present in our household. And although my mom certainly wasn't innocent, my dad was the primary culprit. Belt spankings and pulled ears were fairly common forms of punishment. And I remember growing up, I just thought this was normal. Since they were Filipino immigrants, physical punishment is pretty common in that culture, along with many other cultures. And of course, it's something that my parents themselves experienced growing up and were just kind of passing down to us. More on that in an upcoming generational trauma episode. But even within my mom and dad's marriage, they would get into these yelling fights that would sometimes wake us up in the middle of the night. And because my brother and I didn't actually speak Tagalog, which is the native language of the Philippines, we were sort of left just hearing all of these angry words being exchanged in a language that we just couldn't understand. But the weird thing about my dad was that he wasn't always this abusive, cold monster. There were still plenty of times that he was extremely playful, funny, endearing, and even affectionate. He didn't drink or do drugs. And I remember there were a few friends that I would tell kind of in like middle school, high school about my dad that would meet him and were so surprised because he was nothing like they thought he would be. So suffice it to say, I had a pretty complicated and confusing relationship with my dad. So when my mom passed away, I felt especially lost and stuck since she was sort of my avenue to escape from some of the confusion. Shortly after her passing, my dad was visiting other women in the Philippines. This also included during our trip of burying her ashes, where we met three different women on that trip. He remarried about a year after her death to someone other than the three women that we met on that trip. And he's been married a total of three times since my mom. One of them lasted only a week while the others were for a few years. But I had to witness three different families take root in my childhood home. Each woman always had children of their own. And because my brother was sent away to the Navy before the first family arrived, I was forced to navigate that primarily alone. I found myself in my first relationship towards the end of freshman year. And because of everything that I had experienced, I remember having like severe fear of abandonment to the point where if I hadn't heard from him and wasn't aware what he was up to, for a couple hours, I would panic. And not even from a place of insecurity or jealousy, but out of genuine fear that something horrible happened and that I would be left alone again. And this kind of overarching theme was constantly looming over a lot of my early relationships. This idea that I had to prove myself and prove to everyone else that I could be different than my dad. 
that I could find one person to settle down with and build a life with happily, which of course was too much pressure for my teenage self. It often left me fantasizing about the idea of marriage and long-term commitment more so than the person I was actually with. And so this often left me in situations longer than I should have been. Even when things would reach a severely toxic territory, there was just something about getting in a fight and then the high of making up that just kept me around. It was like the idea that, well, relationships are hard work. And that was constantly circulating my brain and tricked me into thinking that it was necessary to sacrifice my happiness or my morals in order to keep things together. I think anyone who knew me in high school going into early college while I still went would probably call me a serial monogamist. I would constantly find myself in these quote-unquote serious relationships where I'd throw myself in fully and I'd manage to get them to go along with it too or maybe that's something that they were looking for as well. I'd often find myself with these guys who were pretty cynical, maybe sarcastic, usually with some family drama of their own, although never to the same extent. But you know, even with everything that I've seen my dad do and I'm not even going into everything. The one thing that he never did was hit his partner. So there was also something deep in my subconscious that was saying, well, as long as they don't hit you. And of course, I've now come to realize that there are many other ways of abuse that don't involve physical touch. But I found myself putting up with a lot of disrespect in some of these earlier relationships and would either get to a point of mirroring their behaviors to get even, or I would take things even further to gain a sense of control because I lacked that so often when I was growing up. And by the way, this is by no means meant to shade any of my past relationships in case any exes stumble across this. I am fully cordial with all of them. I mean, we're all different people now and I've also accepted the part that I played in those situations not working out. Just like with anything, I think that each relationship I've had taught me something valuable and for that I am grateful. But even in between these serious relationships, I'd struggle to find appropriate ways of intimacy. I often would shut out genuinely nice guys and not even know how to process or accept their affection towards me. It was like my body wouldn't allow me to return it, so I just ended up ignoring or acting cold towards them because it was easier than confronting what was truly going on, which I now know was due to a lack of self-love and self-worth. Even my husband now experienced this side of me over 12 years ago, and he of course deserves his own episode, so I do plan to tell more of that story then, but I was constantly chasing after these guys who made me feel good when I was with them, but then every other time left me wondering where I stood, which typically ended in me being too much for them, or they would start seeing other people as things just fizzled out. Or I'd find myself with someone who wanted to diminish my independence with control and jealousy due to some of their own insecurities. And because I was so worried about what other people thought after growing up my whole life people-pleasing, especially hoping to gain approval in my dad's eyes, that even when certain relationships got to a point that it was so crystal clear I was deserving of better, I found myself worrying about what other people would think rather than how I felt. So again, I would keep myself in these situations longer than I should have out of fear of embarrassment, which of course only made it more embarrassing in the long run. But in any relationship, if there was ever an escalated conflict, I'd find myself blinded by rage. My body's typical responses were completely shut down, which 
was normal in my conflicts with my dad or be on full defense mode. Since I never really got to truly defend myself growing up, it allowed me to express that if my body felt like I was being under attack. And to this day, I still struggle with my self-regulation at times and have to consciously make the effort to step away or give myself permission to express in a healthy and productive way, knowing that I'm not being attacked by remembering where I am and who I'm talking to. But growing up not knowing what kind of reaction I would get had me in a constant state of flight or fright. I'd often catastrophize or blame relationship issues on me just being messed up, which only reinforced the negative beliefs that I had instead of stopping and recognizing my triggers and where they came from. It does take constant work and oftentimes, again, I still fall short, but I'm so grateful for the awareness that I've gained over these years and now rather than blaming my shortcomings on me just being messed up, I now understand that these responses are deeply rooted in me based on past traumas and they don't have to define who I am now or how I truly feel. Having that differentiation has really allowed me to give myself more grace in times that I do still act out of fear so that I can more easily transition out of that heightened state. Even in the early stages of my relationship with my husband, I sometimes struggled to be around his family because although not perfect, they had a family dynamic that I was envious of. Constant check-ins from his parents, family dinners, and regularly shown affection. But because that was so far from my reality, it almost felt like I didn't belong. And I'm so grateful that those feelings didn't last, and of course I'm happy to call them my family now, but that took some time and support in recognizing where those thoughts were rooted in, and that I am deserving of that kind of love and affection. Throughout these experiences, I've come to realize that most of the unease that I felt then was actually due to an ease that I had within myself and that my inability to receive love in a healthy way was due to my inability to love myself. And it can be so difficult for us to perceive ourselves as lovable, especially when we've been in situations that made us feel otherwise, and especially coming from a parent or someone who we just want so badly to see us as worthy. But there comes a point where we have to stop and realize is my ability to be loved defined by how others view me? Or is it defined by how I view myself? And what I have found in personal experience is that the more you allow your value and worth to come from within yourself and the confidence of who you are and what you have to offer, regardless of your flaws, your outside world will start to take shape. Unfortunately, we can't control how other people treat us but what we can control is how much of their treatment comes into our life and also how we respond. And that looks different for everyone. I think depending on the relationship, it could be worth having a conversation about how certain treatment is affecting you, or maybe it's just a clear boundary that you don't want to allow this in your life anymore to the same extent. And that really just comes down to what value you feel that they provide in your life. You know, I've spent so much of my life wishing for a picture-perfect relationship with my dad, like the ones that you see in certain movies, and trying to fulfill this in my romantic partnerships. But the moment I accepted that my dad is who he is, and he's proven this time and time again, I was able to free myself from the chains of wanting to be lovable enough for him or trying to convince anyone else that I was worthy of love. Now, this doesn't mean that there isn't always room for growth and improvement. We'll all make mistakes, even with this awareness. Next time you make a misstep, 
I encourage you to ask yourself, will you take that as reinforcement of the negative beliefs that you already have about yourself? that were actually forced onto you from other people? Or will you allow that to empower you to step towards the person that you know you're becoming? Hindsight, of course, is always 2020. So as much as I wish I had this perspective as I navigated through these unhealthy relationships, I'm so grateful to have this to share with anyone who feel stuck in their own relationships, parental, romantic, or not, that they can find a way to discover their worth outside of these situations, and most importantly, within themselves. I really thank anyone who is listening to this and wanted to say a quick special thank you to all of the people that reached out to me about last episode as well that felt like it resonated or were able to take something out of you know my perspective on loss. This is exactly what I'm doing it for and I am so grateful to put this episode out especially because this is something that has been a struggle for me for all of my life and I feel like by telling some of the story and sharing it with the world, it's allowing me to gain some of that power back that was taken from me growing up. The power that I felt like I couldn't speak up or I couldn't defend myself. And now I look back and I see all of these as gifts. Gifts that have allowed me to come to this point of understanding and awareness to help others to see these patterns in themselves. Again, please feel free to find me on Instagram. I'll have that linked in the description, as well as rate and subscribe to the show for future episodes. I do plan to maintain a weekly cadence. You know, unless things get super crazy, then I won't promise that I'll do it every week, but that is the goal for now. And again, thank you so much for the support and for your time listening. I'll see you next time.